This is the Persons of Interest podcast, diving into careers, personal stories, life lessons, and more, featuring interviews with interesting people doing interesting things. I'm your host, Derek Dockett. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for downloading the Persons of Interest podcast. Really appreciate it. My name is Derek Dockett. You all have heard my voice before. In this episode, it's going to be interesting because me doing this, my amateur uh, podcast hosting uh, abilities, I've got someone that's a little bit more polished than me as a guest. And I'm interested because she started out knowing at a young age, if you look up her bio, uh, that she knew she wanted to, to get into television, broadcasting. And she's doing that, and it's really awesome. I've, I've seen her play college basketball back when she was at Illinois State University and when I was working at the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, but Katie Wingy is uh, doing some fantastic work out in the state of Colorado, out in Denver, uh, covering the Denver Nuggets, Altitude TV. Katie, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast with me. I really appreciate you taking time. Yeah, so happy to. And, and don't sell yourself short. You're, you're just as polished, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I, it's funny because I started out doing this, oh, I guess it's been a year and a half, two years now, and I've gotten way more comfortable doing it. And it started out where I was sort of writing out what I knew I wanted to ask. But now I just sort of have, you know, three, four, maybe even five questions I knew I want to get into. But I like to keep this whole this whole podcast just conversational. Um, it's how that evolves like that. I was yes. kind of the same way. You're, you're nervous at first when you, you know, have this idea of what you want it to look like. And so you write down every little detail <laughs> that you want to get in and every question you want to ask. And uh, before you know it, you're just having a conversation with another human being. And it's something we something, do all the time. Yeah, sometimes you get the very best content that way with the unplanned questions and just letting it flow naturally. Yes. And that's exactly what it's turned into. And it's, it's been fun. I've learned a lot about people that either a, I knew and I learned more or people that I've caught up with like yourself, um, which I'm, I'm excited about or people that I sort of honestly only knew just from interacting on Twitter. And then all of a sudden I had a 50 minute conversation with them and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we've got the same interest. We're talking about the same thing. And it's just, it's evolved over time like that. So, uh, 30 plus episodes into it and, and I'm still going with it. So it's, it's been fun. Um, but like I said, your interaction, um, I first, uh, uh, met you as you were playing basketball at Illinois State University. And I knew at that point you were in your, uh, your studies doing uh, work at TV 10, which is the campus uh, television uh, station there. They've got a studio on campus there and the, the students actually produce uh, uh, features and do news shows, I guess the whole, the whole kid and caboodle. Uh, but before that, as I said, I looked up your bio at an early age, you knew you wanted to get into being on camera. How does that work out? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because um, people ask me kind of, you know, to take me through your journey and, and when did you know you wanted to be a broadcaster? And I, I get that question a lot, even from just other people in the industry or people who want to be in the industry. You know, how did you get your start? Yeah. And I, I mean, I fell in love with basketball at such a young, young age. I was, I always joke that like we had a little hoop on one of our cupboards 
at our house. And I have like so many pictures of me with like a mini basketball trying to dunk it. Um, like I can barely walk and I already was loving on, on the game of hoops. So uh, it started with a, with a love of sports and a love of basketball in particular, but I was really fortunate when I was in fifth grade, we had a morning announcements student run news station in our elementary school. Okay. And so it gave students a chance to, you know, work on the production side, do some audio, do some camera, do some directing, that sort of thing. But then you could sign up to be on camera as well. And so I, I did that a couple of times and I actually got to do the sports section of it. And it was like a, an absolutely perfect fit for me. It was so funny. They were like, you were meant to do this. And at that age, I'm not really sure if I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. But I definitely was interested in it yeah. and I was good at it. And it was so much fun for me. So I look back on that now and I'm like, oh, maybe that was the moment where it kind of all started for me. But it was at Illinois State. You mentioned TV 10 and I was unsure of what I wanted to major in coming in. And, and I knew I liked marketing and I, I'm creative. And, and so I ended up declaring marketing. But I mean, you probably know this as a student athlete, you're on campus year round. Yes. So you're taking classes year round. And if you have to be there, you might as well, you know, take advantage of the extra credits that you're getting. So I ended up double majoring in broadcast journalism. And it okay. was when I discovered TV 10 that I was like, man, I, I want to do this. This is what I really want. Like, this is what I want to pursue for my career. And being on the athlete side of so many questions and a lot of features and stories and things like that, that was when it piqued my interest again of like, okay, every athlete that I've encountered in this Redbird family has such a unique story to tell. And I loved getting that out of the person the human and going beyond just, you know, the player or the uniform that they're wearing. Right. Like everybody has a why, right? right? And so learning those, I was like, so many people were telling my story of like how I got to where I was and, and why I was successful at Illinois State. And I kind of was like, I want to tell these stories. I want to stay involved with sports and, and give the fans more than just what the athletes give on the court, what you can see. So that's what drew me in. That's what made me fall in love. And TV 10 was just a wonderful experience for me. You mentioned uh, the double major and not knowing when you got there, what you wanted to uh, major in, what your focus would be. It's funny you say that because that's almost kind of sort of how this podcast sort of came about where uh, I've talked to some folks before and they said, you know, my path you know, it's different from, you know, Johnny with my path is different from uh, Jill and we all find our way at a different time. Here you are, you graduate high school, you go to college and you're like, I'm undeclared, I'm marketing. Well, wow, I just found out this is something I love. Do you think had you not been a student athlete the way that you were on campus and you took advantage of the time and the opportunity, you think you would have still found the, the your love of being in, involved in broadcasting like you did? That's a really good question. I've never thought about it. And I honestly don't know. I just, I, I knew that playing basketball at a high level and having the, the knowledge of the game that I do would separate me yeah. from a lot of the people in the industry. And so that almost propelled me to be like, no, I'm someone that can actually make it there are so many people that want to work in broadcasting and so many people that dream of storytelling and being on camera and doing all those things. But for me, it was like, no, I, I want to 
be the bridge that connects fans to teams and fans to players and, and fill communities with hope that you see, you know, from the high school level up to the pros. And once I, I latched onto that, then it was like no turning back from that point. And it, it just, it was so much fun. Um, like you just mentioned, F, I've been so curious about everybody that has a similar role to me in the NBA and how they got to where they are. Right. And I always have those conversations, especially with some of the people that I have now developed relationships with and have great friendships with. And it, no path is the same. Yes. Not one, not one of them are. Yeah. So it's, it's been fun to learn that way. And I think that that's something for, you know, anybody listening out there, like you could have someone you admire or someone you look up to in a role similar to this, but your path is yours. And you kind of get to own that in whatever way you want to. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact. So you've you've had since Illinois State quite a path. You, you go from Northwestern. Um, did you have a stop in between Northwestern and Denver? Now, yes. Well, not in between Northwestern and Denver, but between Illinois State and Northwestern. Okay. Um, I actually kind of tricked the system, if you will, because I knew. Being a, a basketball player, I really wanted to study abroad. I wanted that aspect of a college experience. And basketball is a sport that runs through both semesters. Yes. So I didn't have that opportunity. And so I had talked with my counselor and my um, you know, athletic advisor and, and academic advisor, and they both were like, okay, well, you know, you could save a couple gen eds, you're double majoring, and maybe you just go, you know, after you're done playing. And so I ended up walking with, you know, my class in May, and then I didn't actually graduate until December. And that's when I went and lived in Florence, Italy, and just like traveled all around Europe and took a couple classes and um, just totally loved the study abroad life and the European lifestyle and all of that. It was, it's one of the, the best times of my life. And I think it will forever be that way. I, I fell in love with Italy in a way that I didn't even know was possible. Um, and then while I was in Italy, I actually had a FaceTime interview for a sports anchor news producer duo role with a small local TV station in Rochester, Minnesota. Okay. I got that job when, right when I flew home, uh, right around Christmas time. And so I spent about eight months working in local TV as both, you know, the sports anchor. And then I produced one of the newscasts as well. Uh, got my hands dirty with that in a super small market. And that experience was invaluable for me too. I think I, I think like a producer more than a lot of people that are just on camera from those times. Yeah. And it's funny. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. It it was there that I, that I was like, okay, I I think I want to go to Northwestern uh, and get my master's for me. Education has always been something that is super important. It's something that no one can ever take away from you. And I was like, why not? I might want to teach someday. You know, a lot of people in this industry, you you have a family and things slow down or you just never know. And as you get older, you might want to shift a little bit. And so I wanted to kind of have all my bases covered and be able to teach. And it was one of the best decisions I could have made. The hands-on experience, the networking uh, Northwestern was extremely good to me. So straight out of Northwestern, I got the job with the Nuggets. Nice, nice. So I'm curious now, the small market uh, job, that's got to be just significantly different than what you're doing now uh, yes. in your role with the Nuggets. 
because uh, when I, I've heard you, you hear stories, I, I listen to pod, other podcasts and radio shows, and I hear some of the, the local sports guys that do a podcast, and they talk about how, quote unquote, glamorous it is to work in local sports, meaning a lot of times they shoot, they interview, they edit, produce, and it's, it's, their, it's just their job to get the story that they're doing, working on, on the air in a lot of cases and have it all done themselves. Like they don't have just a a dedicated camera guy anymore. They're doing it all themselves versus now I imagine with the Nuggets, you're, you've got, you've done stuff on the court, talking to players. Um, You guys were doing an awesome social uh, show and it's a little bit more feature driven and you get the opportunity to sort of just be able to be the interviewer. And I'm sure you, you, like you said, you a lot of times now think it's the producer, but that's your, your background is sort of molded you in that way. The differences in between what you've done in the past and what you've done now and how that sort of helped you along the way. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on local TV. You know, you're a multimedia journalist and MMJ. And a lot of times you're out shooting by yourself. You bring those clips back, you put them together, you put together that package, you're editing, you're voicing it. And then it, you know, makes it on TV and you're also fronting that before, you know, you toss to that story. And so I did that. I was, you know, stacking shows, producing shows, editing shows, all of those things as well. And That actually, that experience, I can't say enough about it because it taught me so much. And it also made me so much more grateful to have the team that I do now. And editing was a really tough thing for me. And it's something that like I still dabble in every once in a while. But seeing the creations that like our top editors at Altitude put together, my mind is blown every time. They're just insanely talented. And it's like you specialize. It's sort of like a team, right? Like you all have your role and you do it really, really well when you're at this level. And what I'll just say is you mentioned the sports social show and our pregame show, which feels like we haven't done in forever, but (laughs) the first half hour of our traditional pregame show was called nuggets live. And this was the first season that we had brought that to fruition And it was very free flowing and fluid and like on the go, you're walking around. We wanted it to seem like a social media show in a lot of ways. Talk about, you know, what's happening on Twitter, what's happening on Instagram, who will we run into in the stands, talk to a couple fans, that sort of thing. And being able to put on my producer hat for that and say, okay, let's do this interactive game. Let's make this into, you know, a fan poll. Let's try and get a player walking off during his warmups, things like that, that you don't really think about when you're watching me on TV, do all of these things, but it's totally a collaborative effort in planning those types of shows. And even our sports social show now, it's like my producer will be like, Hey Katie, like, what do you want to talk about today? Like, what do we make want to make sure that we get to? And so I'll bring up ideas and, and say, I want to do this this way or present this in this way. And I mean, she's been phenomenal in terms of like, well, maybe that doesn't work that way, but I'll have some graphics to support you when you talk about X, Y, and Z. And so little things like that, where I can give them just the the little bit for them to bite on. Even our game producer is great with that too. Like I'll tell him, this is what I want my first hit to be on in game. And then he'll be like, okay, what like visually can we use to support that? And I'm like, well, do we have B-roll? Like, do can we show the player doing whatever story right, I'm telling right. about him? show the numbers to back that up and the fact that I know 
that it can't just meet, be me on camera talking. Like that's boring for a lot of people. It's great for like, you know, 10 seconds, but our attention spans are, you know, so quick, right. so, so short nowadays that you want to have a, a lot of movement and, and have it get from point A to point B to point C very quickly. And, and understanding that as a, as a producer, when I first started out has really helped me be great at my position now, but you're right. Now I'm focused on how do I tell that story? How do I, you know, ask the right questions? How do I, um, toss, you know, to the right sound or to the right people or get everybody involved because our crew is so big. They're just like little things now that I'm really fortunate that I get to specialize in and really hone in on those skills because there are so many talented people around me that are so good at what they do too. Be honest with me, and I can I can already tell this from the energy of the way you talk about what you do. As someone that has a love of basketball, how much are you enjoying doing what you do? Because it's it sounds like you, it's not a job for you now. You you truly enjoy. It sounds like you truly enjoy doing what you're doing. I'm so glad that comes across because I mean <laughs> that is exactly how I feel. I, I just I feel so it's I can't even describe it to yeah. you. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm just, I feel like I work with the best people and that includes the team and the players and the coaching staff, but then my team too at altitude and all the people that, you know, make me look good on a nightly basis and put together these incredible shows that we're so proud of. And, and you're talking about basketball. Yes. I'm, (laughs) and sometimes I'm like, Oh, that is my, like my job is talking about basketball. And especially with everything going on in the world right now, it's like, wow, that doesn't, that feels very small, but you think about the platform that these players have and it's much bigger than just a game. And and that's kind of where I hold, you know, my purpose, my why, my core really close to me. And it's not just about a bunch of, of men throwing a ball through a hoop. It's, it's about, you know, a father and a son or a father and a daughter who have bonded over the nuggets and their, their success or their journey. And that's what they look forward to every single night. And for me personally, it's about a little girl who loves basketball and, you know, wants to play and and be a part of the game. But she sees me talking about the game on TV and it's like, well, maybe I want to cover the game too someday. And, and if Katie can do it, I can do it. And that just is the biggest compliment that I can get is when like young girls or moms or dads come up to me and and they say, you know, I'm so happy that my daughter has you to look up to that just like rocks my world. And and it grounds me so quickly and like makes it bigger than basketball for me too. How, uh, how quickly did you get acclimated to the team when you got first got the job? Was it easy to do? Did you already follow the Nuggets to to a certain point? I mean, I imagine, like you said, you're a basketball fan like me. Everybody who's you know into a sport, they know something about just about everybody that has something to do with it. But when now that's the focus, and you are have you have to be knee deep in the Denver Nuggets franchise. Was that a quick, easy thing for you to do or did it take some time to to learn personalities, players and, and all that? It definitely took some time. And I'll be brutally honest with you. Like my Nuggets knowledge coming into this job was very minimal. Okay. That's what I was curious I about. knew enough to answer the questions in the interviews. And um, I, I guess I should have prefaced this too when you were asking about kind of my steps to get to where I am. My initial job with the Nuggets was in arena reporter. So I yes. wasn't actually 
everything for Altitude TV. I had my own show, which again, like I produced, I created content for, I was the host, I was the reporter. And then it aired at the Pepsi Center during warmups. Then I had another show at halftime. And so that was where I, you know, really got my feet wet in terms of learning the player personality is learning, you know, who to ask what questions and what you're going to get from certain guys. But that season that I got hired was the 50th anniversary season. And so I had to learn really quickly the history of the franchise because we were bringing back, you know, very notable alumni to these games. Those guys were guys that I was interviewing in front of all of the fans. And so, you know, you just, you do your homework, like you're, rattling off my history and my resume (laughs) I had to do the same thing for the nuggets and it was something that you know you can lose your credibility in a snap right right and that's something that I you know take a lot of responsibility for and invest a lot in because the moment that someone doesn't think you know what you're talking about is when you lose them as maybe a fan and you know as a viewer of watching them on tv so um it it wasn't I didn't already have all the Nuggets background. I definitely had to learn it. And I, I was glad that I did. It, it took a little bit, but n- after my first year, I switched over to be with Altitude. And by that time, I felt like I was so polished and I knew this franchise so, so, so well. So tell me about who, who's your favorite player to interact with? Because I imagine that a lot of these guys, they get, you know, they, you deal with the press all the time when you're an athlete. I mean, you know, that from, you know, college athletes, they, you know, you have sometimes media responsibilities. There's always going to be a question about something. Um, But even when you're professional athletes, even more, and you know, when you you get to the playoffs, you do this, there's just, you just have media responsibilities all the time. And I I just know that the guys at the professional level have to just sort of, sometimes just groan. It's like, Oh, I got to do this again. And they know what kind of questions they, they, they deal with some of the same people, a beat writer, you know, a local TV person. But for you, you're someone that's around the team every mm-hmm. single day. So I imagine the relationship of someone that is part, almost pretty much part of the franchise is different than someone that is a reporter at a news entity in town. Totally. But that doesn't mean they don't get annoyed with me or get annoyed <laughs> with me, they have to answer my question. Uh, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword because yeah. I actually work for the Nuggets. Like my employer is Cronky Sports and Entertainment, which, you know, is the Cronky family. Right. Are, they own the Nuggets. Right. So I am on the same team, essentially, which means I have this trust that is developed and taken really seriously between me and the players and the coaching staff of like, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'm not going to be the one that asks those super tough questions. That's when you have the local media and the beat reporters and guys like that. And that's, you know, they're going to do the ones that do that type of digging. I'm the one who just wants to tell the positive uplifting, uplifting stories of the nuggets, talk about practice, talk about strategy as much as I can. Uh, And I think that that has helped just knowing that there's a trust there, both sides that helps the relationship a lot. And like I said, there, there are good days and bad days and that's just human nature. And I think that me being an athlete first and being on the other side of this the guys really appreciate that and respect that of like, they know on tough days that I don't want to ask them questions, but it's part of my job, just like it's part of their job to answer those questions. Right. right. So we just try and get through it as, you know, painlessly as possible. 
who, who do you depend on to give you the, the most laid back? They're a good quote machine and they don't take life too serious kind of uh, interview. Will Barton. Yeah. Will Barton is the go-to guy in the Nuggets locker room that will always be real with you, that will always give you something colorful and genuine. But head coach Michael Malone is actually a really colorful soundbite, too. He almost always comes up with something that's creative. It's not super generic. Uh, There's almost always something you can work with there. So I'm really lucky to have a head coach that doesn't just, you know, spit out the same thing verbatim night in and night out, which is a really easy thing to do in this league when we're playing as often as we are. I, I will say there are, we're getting to a point too, and the Nuggets are a really young team. And so I think a lot of the guys are still kind of coming into their own and finding their voice and figuring out what they're comfortable with and, and maybe what they're not comfortable with. And so for a while there, we did get the generic answers both teams are trying very hard, those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been really fun to watch these guys grow up kind of before our eyes. And I think, you know, if you watch sound from Nikola Jokic, he is so unique and is so fun and easygoing. And well, he almost always gives you something colorful too, unless it's like a really bad game. And then we're, we're both kind of like, I have to ask you about it being a bad game. And he's like, I know you have to ask me about it. I'm just going to give you, yeah, it was a bad game. We're going to get better next time. Um, Jamal Murray is a guy who's so much fun to talk to. He's clever and witty and, you know, has a lot of fun with it. I think he kind of throws some smack back at the media, which the media appreciates just being again, like human and having fun with it, which is part of it that you can. So before the uh, shutdown happened, I got, I got to let people know. So last year in in last season, uh, the Nuggets had the second best record in the West. Before the shutdown this year, the third best record. So you're covering a pretty quality team here. Um, Michael Porter Jr., for those here in the St. Louis area in Missouri, he's part of this team. So um, I, I think a lot of folks have been watching his career. They've, they've been wanting to keep up uh, with, with, with what's going on. Um, so what's sort of this whole – this restarting of the, of the season uh, with where we're at now – What's sort of the outlook? What What's it looking like? Because it's a little bit, it's, well, a little bit. It is unorthodox of what we're doing here, and, and the teams are getting ready to restart, and man, it'll be great to have some, some sports back. Um, but this is just different. It's weird. Like To me, as someone that loves watching the NBA playoffs, uh, not having that in June just felt totally awkward and now I don't even know what to expect what's going into it because now you hear about some players that are opting not to play and you've got this bubble thing going on and there are some teams that I, I listen to a, another podcast out of DC and of course they they talk about the Wizards and they're not doing so well there and they're like man they shouldn't even play they're not gonna win it's it's a it's a lost cause and the Nuggets have have an opportunity to be successful do you do they look does the team look at this restart as an opportunity to you know win a quote-unquote championship or is this let's get back on the court and look at the future and and still continue to build something because that's what I feel like the Nuggets had something going on where they were building something as a competitive franchise yeah I think you listing off you know second in the west they competed for the longest time between one and two um if you don't know, now you know. I guess people like so underestimate them and just are so oblivious because everything is just flooded with Lakers and Clippers. Stuff. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and rightfully so this season, but the Nuggets are the team that everybody overlooks. And with that in mind, the team had this fluid message that was consistent among whatever person was speaking, whatever voice was was telling us this, that they're going to Orlando to win a championship. Okay. And given the circumstances, given the unorthodox nature of the rest of this NBA season, I actually think that this works in the Nuggets' favor. This is a team that loves being the underdogs. Whenever they are underestimated, that's when they play their absolute best basketball. They love proving people wrong. I think that they're not being fans and it being a very unique situation, that plays in their favor as well because they are so close knit. They are such a family. They are so bonded in that way. Their chemistry is so good that they don't really need all that other flashy stuff. Like they'll just show up and play ball. Like they'll just hoop. Yeah. And that's what they would prefer to do. Granted, the circumstances aren't ideal for anybody being away from family and, and feeling kind of like you're locked in to a place like that. But I do think that the, the Nuggets have a very real chance to surprise a lot of people and to make some real noise in Orlando. A lot of folks are – I got to ask, like I said, mention uh, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Jokic, he's, he's sort of like the stud on that, on that team. But how do you uh, sort of – if you were to tell, uh, describe what Michael Porter Jr. has been for the Nuggets up to this point his, early in his career – What's his play been like? You know, what do you what what do you see when uh, he's on the floor? Of course, it's been forever since we've had basketball, but I guess if you can sort of pull back into the the memory banks and remember what it was like. Well, he was hurt too, right? So okay, we yeah. like bits and pieces of him towards the end of the season. Well, the end of the regular. I don't even know what we're calling it before the right. lockdown. <laughs> um, Mike Porter Jr. is a talent unlike anything I've ever seen. Honestly, his height, his build, his handles, the way that he can shoot the ball, his athleticism, it's unbelievable to watch. Like I'll be sitting in shoot around and, and they'll be doing shooting competitions. And I'm like, does the dude ever miss and the way he elevates? It's just it's so perfect that Nuggets fans love him. Like, I don't know if people in, in Missouri really understand like the fans want nothing more than to see him play because they've seen so many clips and so many highlights and they've seen his potential of what he can put on the floor. Yeah. That being said, I think that this season, what we've seen from him is a season of growth and that's, you know, learning what the NBA game is like learning where he fits into that, especially, you know, the nuggets made a, a playoff push last year. They made it into the second round. Right. So, were good before he was implemented into this roster and I think that that's something that Nuggets fans, fans struggle with a lot because it's like why are you not playing this super talented unicorn like similar to Nikola Jokic in that way and it's like well this team was really successful and had great chemistry and, and had you know a really good seven man rotation that that was successful like made a playoff push so the Coach Malone has been trying to find ways to work him in. He said over and over again, like, we need to find minutes for this guy because he's that good. I think as much as I've talked about, you know, what he puts on the floor and in terms of how he's grown figuring out the NBA game, I also think he needed to learn mentally what it would be like. He's been the superstar on every team he's ever played on um, and has been the guy 
And now you're, you know, in a league where everybody was the guy and so him having to kind of understand like, no, you're not, your minutes might be all over the place. You might play 20 minutes one night and three minutes the next night. And you have to be okay with that. And I think the, the defensive side of the basketball for him in particular, he's so insanely gifted offensively that on defense, you can tell that he's still thinking through positioning, where he needs to be, what he needs to do. It, it doesn't just naturally come to him yet within the Nuggets system. And Coach Malone is such a defensive-minded guy that he's like, I need you to be better on, on that side of the floor, which I'm sure for a guy like Michael Porter Jr. is is a challenge, but it's also frustrating because he's like, man, I can score. I can contribute. I can do things. I can rebound. And But then it's like, but you, you sometimes end up being a liability on defensive possessions, and that's just not something that, you know, you're willing to give up if you're coach Malone at this point. So he's still figuring it out. He's still finding himself. I would be shocked if we did not see him get at least some tick in the playoffs for the nuggets. I don't know how significant that will be, but he needs to get that experience. At least in my opinion, I think he needs to, you know, play in the playoffs with this nuggets team and see what he can do, but it's not a matter of doing anything crazy. It's just like him playing his game and knowing his role within this team. Man, you know your stuff. This is I can't imagine uh not only what you get to see with the Nuggets, but all the other teams, which of course, you know, you got just some of the best athletes in the world, not just in basketball, but athletes in the world in any sport playing. Um and you get to take all that in. Um I want everyone to know for for one thing, I didn't even bother asking you about uh what it's like being a female doing this because leaps and bounds the progression that's been made of having young talented people and not just male female everyone that has an opportunity to do the the job that you do it's so great to see everyone getting opportunity especially like yourself because um, it's one thing that is that's was needed especially for the nba all the professional sports is to have different folks doing these games so you you've been phenomenal and I, i've been keeping track of it even though we don't have an nba squad here in st louis but uh it's so fun to watch uh, you do your stuff and it, it's great to be, be able to see it online so uh I'm, I'm a little bit of a nuggets fan i'll admit I don't have a team that I root for big time in the NBA. I just like not seeing LeBron win everything. (laughs) If you know anything about the Nuggets, it's hard not to be a fan of them. Like if you're a fan of basketball, you're a fan of the NBA and you see some of the personalities on this team come out. It's tough not to be like, I'm sort of rooting for them in different situations. Um, and I so appreciate you bringing that up. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for, you know, the, whole squad of, of pioneer women that have paved the way for people like to have an opportunity, but you're absolutely right. I think that the NBA has done a really good job of pushing diversity in the workplace in every way, shape and form, whether that's coaching staff, whether that's broadcast crew, whether that's, you know, front office and scouting and things like that. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think we're at a time in society where, you know, voices that have been silenced for a while, deserve to be heard now more than ever and making sure that everybody has a seat at that table and making sure that there is a variety of voices that come from different backgrounds that are contributing. It just makes everything that much more colorful. And we're learning that every single day. And I think it's really fun and cool to be a part of. You guys should follow Katie on Twitter. She shares a lot of the stuff that she's doing. She's got some some hot takes on the Nuggets and the NBA on, on her Twitter feed every now and then. But 
reporter, host, analyst, started out in-game, um, but now she's covering the Nuggets, Altitude TV. Do you do stuff on Altitude Sports Radio, too? I do, yes. Okay. So once in a while, I jump on with uh, Jason Kosminski, who's the voice of the Denver Nuggets on Altitude Sports Radio, and I get to actually sit in the analyst seat for that. Awesome. So it's super fun for me to get some some color opportunities and be able to break down the game in that way. And um, so thankful that they were they they saw an opening there and, and they were able to say no. I think actually Katie would be really good at that. So we actually we rotate through. There are th- three reporters, uh, three of us that will you know go from sideline reporter to radio, sometimes to hosting, um, and. Yeah, I love being the utility player, if you will, and wearing a bunch of different hats and getting to, to sit in a bunch of different roles. Well, you're, you're doing it well. You guys should uh, check out some of the stuff. Altitude TV's actually got a library of all their video content, even, even stuff back from March from before the season was canceled was up there. A lot of the game highlights, things like that. So check it out. Follow Katie on Twitter at Katie Wingy, K-A-T-Y-W-I-N-G-E. Katie, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. This is fun. We'll have to catch up again. And maybe you have to be my, my NBA correspondent or something, because not that I have one or anything, but it's always nice to have to know people people in the know uh, and have those connections. So I really appreciate you taking time for talking with me. Yeah. Anytime you guys, Mr. Dockett tweets and says NBA <laughs> sources are saying that is me, just so you know, from now on, <laughs> I'm an inside source for him. Um, no, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to jump on anytime. I, I love storytelling. It's what I do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Persons of Interest. Do me a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave a rating or review about the podcast. Head over to Apple Podcasts, and if you don't subscribe there, just search for Persons of Interest, and you'll find it. I really appreciate the support, and if you have any suggestions for future guests or how I can make the podcast better, just shoot me a tweet at ddocket on Twitter, or you can head over to my podcast page at anchor.fm slash personsofinterest and leave a voice message. You never know, I just might use it on a future podcast episode. Thanks again for listening to Persons of Interest.